Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Shriver. We've been looking at some of the attributes of God in a series we call More Than You Think. We've been digging in and discovering how God is more holy and more powerful and more present and more active than we could ever imagine. Today, Pastor Nicole is going to help us uncover what it means for us when we realize that God is all-powerful, He is everywhere, and He is all-knowing. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Nicole. Well, there was this little boy who was afraid to get the broom out of a dark closet for his mom. And so the mother assured him, don't be afraid. God is everywhere. And so the little boy tiptoed down the creepy basement stairs, cracked open the closet door, and hollered in, hey, God, would you hand me the broom? (laughs) So last Sunday, we started a series called More Than You Think. And we're talking about some attributes and characteristics of God. And today we're going to look at how God is everywhere, all the time. God is more present than we can even think. And I want to keep encouraging you that this series is designed to be shared. The truth about who God is needs to be told. It needs to be spread. And the plan that God has is for it to be spread by you. That's the plan. That's the truth of who God is. And so I want to encourage you to share these messages via podcast or video. Um, Invite someone to come sit with you during this series. You do your job to invite. Listen, they might not say yes, but your job is just to invite. Your job is to send the text or ask the person, and God will do the rest. In fact, maybe you're here today uh, for the first time because someone invited you to come. They heard this part of the message last week, and they thought of you. And I want to tell you today, we're so glad you're here. You are loved so much, so much that God himself told your friend or your family member or your coworker, hey, invite them of all the people they could have invited here to Erie first. And so he has his eye on you, and he has never forgotten you. Thirdly, uh, we created a gift for you to use to invite people to Easter service. It's called a Hope Box. Uh, Would you please take one, give it to a friend, give it to a family. This is kind of a picture of some of the contents. It has a yellow theme, a sunshine theme, and invite them to Easter service. Raise your hand if you already got one and you plan to give it away. All right, good. If your hand's not up, make sure you get one today. If you already took one and you can think of someone else, take another one. They're at the exits on your way out. Uh, They aren't doing us any good staying in the building. So you make sure you take it, give it to somebody uh, that you know, and invite them to Easter service. Uh, In just two weeks is Easter. Can you believe it? And uh, we will be having services at both 9 and 11. Uh, We will have kids programming for both services. And so make plans to come. Make sure you invite some friends. It's going to be a really amazing time together. If you're watching online today and you want a Hope Box, uh, we would love to deliver one to you so that you can give it away. Uh, Just text the word Hope Box no space, to 97,000, and we will get you, get you one so you can give it to a friend. Let's do this together. So let's just thank God, just give him some praise and thanks that he's going to have hope that we can spread through this city. That was kind of weak. Let's go. Give God some praise. We just dedicated some babies. All right. Now, there are three words that start with O that theologians use to describe God. Uh, Some call them the omnis. Okay, so this is what I want you to do. Turn to the person you came with and guess one of the three words. You can say Oreo. It starts with O. What words do you think we're going to be talking about today? Go ahead. Take a guess. 
Oh, I heard, I heard, over here, I heard, I heard one. If I could give a prize away. Omni is a prefix that means all. And so these words help describe parts of God's character. God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Those are the words. So if you guessed one of those, you, you win the game. God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. And if we use the prefix all, we could also say that God is all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. God is all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. Now, these three omni-words, when I was just thinking about it this week, they made me think of a three-legged stool. So here I have a three-legged stool. I can sit on this stool. My whole, it will hold my whole weight. I can rest on this stool because there are three legs, okay? These three legs will hold all my weight. No matter what it is, I can sit here and know that I'm safely there. I can put something on there and know that it will be safe. And so in the same way, as I was thinking through these attributes of God, in the same way, you can put your whole life, you can put your whole self on the three omni-attributes of God. That these three things we're going to talk about today will hold up your whole life. Anything that you want to put before God will hold it up. You can rest because God is always near. He knows what's going on in your life, and he can do something about it. Anybody happy about that today? Amen that today. Let it be so, like Pastor Quinn said. The Bible says, look, you can rest on that. You can rest on the fact that God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, and you can trust him in whatever he chooses to do for any situation that you find yourself in today, tomorrow, or the next day. So let's look at these three attributes of God closer. First, God is omnipotent. Now, we spent a considerable amount of time on this attribute last week. If you didn't get to hear it, catch the podcast or the live stream. But the recap is this that we saw in the scripture that nothing can stop God's plans. Nothing. What God starts, he always finishes, no matter how big your need. God always has enough resources. He is so much more powerful than you think. God is so much more powerful than you think. The second O is God is omnipresent. Now, God is present everywhere at the same time. There isn't any place in the entire universe where God cannot be found. God is present everywhere at the same time. And if that's mind-blowing to you, if you're saying, Pastor, I don't understand that, let me tell you what, I don't either. He's God. <laughs> he gets to do that. God is present everywhere all the time. Is he with you all the time? Yes. Is he with me all the time? Yes. How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> but that's what God does. He's present all the time. It's so well described in Psalm 1. 39, 7 through 10. And it says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Is there any place far away so far away that God can't find us. 
Can you go to a place where God is not? No. God is everywhere. There are things on this planet and places where people have never been. There are parts of this universe where people have never been, but you know who's been there? God. (laughs) And you know who will always be there? God. God is near to you all about it in your daily schedule. I know that sometimes I think we, we have these moments where if we're doing devotions or we're in church, we know God is near to us, but we forget that God is near to us through our whole schedule. God is at your school. God is at your work. God is at Wegmans. God is at Planet Fitness. In fact, just this week, I was working on this message uh, in Wegmans, as I do sometimes in their little cafe area, and I was listening to worship music, and uh, this particular song came on, and I just started weeping awkwardly. It was very awkward. I was just weeping, heaving over, trying to do my sobs quietly. In fact, so much so, a worker came over and was like, ma'am, <laughs> do you need me to call someone? <laughs> I was like, no, just 8150 Oliver Road at 9 or 11, <laughs> if you want to know what's going on. And she kind of looked at me funny. I love the fact that God just, just doesn't go with you wherever you go. He's already there. He doesn't just follow you around. He's there before you. He was there after you left. He's everywhere. I love verse 10 of this passage. It reads, your right hand will hold me close. Your right hand will hold me close or hold me fast. And the writer of this psalm is reminding us that even when you go to places, hard places, dark places, difficult places, even when you enter a meeting that you're dreading or you're going to a bedside where someone is hurting that you love or, or, or a tense family environment, listen, God is holding you close. Picture God holding your hand tightly all day long. He's that close. He's closer than the breath in your lungs. A few years ago, a great friend of mine was facing a a very tragic situation. They they were both in their early 30s. They had young children, and her husband was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. We would pray, and we would talk together often. In most days, I had no idea what to say, because that's really hard. But one particularly hard day, she texted me from the hospital room, and she just said, look, I'm fearful today. I'm hopeless today. Things Things are going downhill. This just doesn't look like what I thought it would look. I'm praying in faith and it's just not changing. And just then Jesus prompted me to say, just tell her I'm in the room right now. So I text her just that simple phrase. And she said that in that moment, she just started weeping. She had this overwhelming sense of peace that filled the room. And that day, her husband did not get miraculously healed in that moment. In fact, nothing changed in the natural. The walls were still gray. The the diagnosis was still grim. Things still looked exactly the same. But just this idea that Jesus was in the room, that he was present, that he was omnipresent, changed everything. Now, for the record, Jesus never left the room, right? It wasn't that Jesus was coming back in. He was already there. But the fact that she could acknowledge, Jesus, you're here in this room, that changed so much about what she could see. I think this question is so important for us to ask in our present. But also, I want to encourage you to ask it about your past. Maybe there's a part of your life that you had a tragedy or you had trauma You just want to ask the Lord, show me where you were. What were you doing when I experienced this trauma? What were you doing when I was facing this tragedy? 
And then in the present, what are you doing in this place that I'm stuck? Every room you walk into, every place you visit, ask the question, what are you doing here, Lord? Because let me promise you something, he is there. There are some places where it's harder to find him, right? It's harder for us to sense, maybe in dark places and sinful places, but he is everywhere all the time. That's what this scripture says. And so in all the spaces and places we will go, find where Jesus is working and honor him in that moment. Because when Jesus walks in the room, everything changes. Everything changes. And you know, one other thing about uh, omnipresence is only God is omnipresent. All other beings are restricted to a given place at a given time. Angels and demons can only be in one place at one time. Satan is also limited. He is not omnipresent because Satan is a created being. He is limited. He is localized. Only God, only my God, only your God, only God is not limited by time and by space. All right, the third O attribute is that God is omniscient. God is omniscient. Now, if you break that word down into two parts, it means omni means all, and scient, scient means knowledge. That God has all knowledge. That God knows all things perfectly. He knows no one thing better than any other thing. He knows all things equally well. Yesterday, I was uh, outside in the yard with my kids. How many of you enjoyed some outside time yesterday? Beautiful day. And my smallest, who's six, was uh, zipping around the yard on a a little four-wheeler we have. And um, it stalled out. And I came running over, and she said, Mom, just go get Dad. Like, clearly you don't know what to do. She was right. I didn't know what to do. But I yelled, Joel, and he came and fixed it. (laughs) But even my six-year-old knows that my knowledge is limited, particularly about stalling four-wheelers. Okay, that's not what I know a lot about. And we can often think in ourselves, uh, you may know somebody who knows a lot about one thing or another thing. But listen, all our knowledge is limited. In fact, all the knowledge we ever know is taught to us. We learn by reading books. We learn by listening to teachers. We learn, we learn by, by life experiences. We learn by Googling things. How many you're just like a closet Googler? But God intrinsically knows everything. He knows everything. Isaiah 40, 13 through 40 says this about God. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? And this passage essentially asks this question, what school did God go to? What school did God go to? Listen, he didn't go to school. He knows everything there is to know. He created the school that we decide to learn from. Isn't that great news? Did you know that God's knowledge is so vast that not only does he know actual events, but he knows potential events? Okay, follow me here for a minute. In Matthew 11, I'm going to show you this verse. Jesus is saying, look, he performed miracles in these cities, Chorazin and Bethsaida. And he says, if I would have performed those same miracles in Tyre and Sidon, then actually the the city would still be standing today. But because the people didn't receive it, because the people didn't act on it, their uh, end result was different. And so he sees the potential future as much as he sees the realistic future. Let me tell you what that means for us. God knows 
what would have happened if you would have gone to that university instead of this university. God knows what would have happened if you had been raised in the United States or in another country. God knows the outcome if you married this person uh, instead of that person. You think you play all the scenarios out in your head. Anybody out there? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? God knows all the potential scenarios of every single human being. God knows all of that about, he's all knowing. And God knows all things and yet he chooses and he allows you to be right where you are. Some of you in this room right now, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me or questioning Why am I in this job? Why am I in this marriage? Why am I in this situation? Why am I in this relationship? And God wants you to know that it was not a mistake. You are right where you are on purpose. He saw all the things that could have been, and he still allowed and chose for you to be right here. And more specifically at 8150 Oliver Road. And boy, am I thankful for that this morning. Not only does God know what potentially would have happened in scripture, but he also has intimate knowledge of each person. He knows how many hairs are on your head or their lack of. He knows the depth of who you are. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything you've never told anyone. He knows the desires you have, the dreams you have. He knows your preferences, your likes, your dislikes. He could order your Starbucks coffee perfectly. You won't even have had to send him a text. He knows the day you were born, and he knows the day that you will die. But only he knows. God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, and he is more present than we could ever think. So what do we do with that information? Like, what, How should we respond to that if we know that? Well, I think the first uh, thing we need to do is grow in accountability. Here's the thing. Jesus is with you all the time. He hears what you say in private. He knows where you go. He knows how you spend your time. Maybe nobody else knows, but he sees your internet history. He knows your gambling habits. He knows how you speak to your spouse. We get a picture of this with Jonah, um, who is running from God's calling. He's supposed to be preaching repentance to the city of Nineveh, but instead he says, look, uh, I'm not going to do what you told me to do, God. I'm going to get on a boat, like as if a boat will take him farther from God, you know? So he goes out into this boat, but he can't escape God there because God meets him with a storm, (laughs) Then he's tossed out of the boat uh, into the sea because the crew is like, oof, you're, you're bad. You know, we, you're, you're causing us trouble. So they, they kick him off the boat. And so probably Jonah, he's sad he gets thrown off the boat, but he's happy. Like, God will never be able to find me here floating at sea. And God says, whoops, I will send a large whale to swallow you. <laughs> you can't even escape me here. Then Jonah finally begrudgingly goes and does what God asked him to do, uh, but he goes with wrong motives. And so later he's sitting under a tree, the shade of a vine, and uh, Jonah, uh, God speaks to him right there in that moment, and he shrivels up the vine. And Jonah will tell you if he was here today, listen, there ain't no place you can hide. (laughs) There is no place, there's nowhere you can go where God cannot find you. We may be able to hide our cheating, our lying, our lustful thoughts from others, but listen, we can't hide it from God. And not only does God know, but one day 
He will judge our actions. That's what the scripture says. And so therefore, grow in accountability. Grow in accountability. Second, we can receive comfort for discouragement. You know, even when we can't sense God's presence or when our feelings don't tell us the truth, these three omni words are still true about God. Um, On a single day, Job lost everything. Talk about a bad day. His family, his business, his health, all of his possessions. And then, if you've read Job for 37 chapters, God says nothing. God's silent. He doesn't even give him a little bit of, 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 hey, here's the reason why. He's silent for 37 chapters, and we don't even know how long of a time period that actually is. So how do we praise God when we don't understand what's happening in our life? How do we praise God when we feel like he's silent? How do we keep our eyes on Jesus when they're full of tears? Well, Job did it this way. In Job 1, 20 through 21, it says he fell to the ground in worship and he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. So may the name of the Lord be praised. And Job cries out and he praises God even when he seems distant. He can be encouraged that these things are true about who God is, no matter what we're facing, that these things about God can hold your life together. You might not be able to feel it. You may feel like you are falling apart. It may feel like you're in that silent 37 chapters of Job, but you can rest secure on the fact that God is omnipotent, God is omnipresent, and God is omniscient, just like this stool. That God can hold up your life, whether you feel it or not. Lastly, we can respond to the qualities of God by drawing close to him. It's interesting how we are talking about how God knows everything, right? He's been everywhere. He has all this wisdom. Listen, you know the person who knows it all. You have access to the person who sees all the way down the road in every potential future, the person who created it all. You don't have to figure it out on your own. You don't have to muddle through life with the lights off. James 1.5 says that if anyone lacks wisdom, ask God. He gives generously to all without finding fault. And so if you're stuck, if you're broken, if you've got something you can't figure out, go to the guy that has it all. I love how uh, God has, he, he, we have God's full attention. We don't have to make an appointment. He's never too busy to hear us when we pray. He's never preoccupied with other people's problems. All of God is completely available to you, no matter where or who you are. And so draw close to God. The Lord dropped this in my spirit in Wegmans. This is why I was crying. If there are a thousand wars in a thousand places, our God hears you as if you were the only one praying. He leans down. He comes so close. He comes so close. And so our response to God's omni-attributes is to be accountable. God already knows (laughs) is to be uh, against discouragement, to know that God can comfort us in those moments, and to draw close to God. This last week, we celebrated St. Patrick's Day, and I came across an article that was titled, The Real Story of St. Patrick. And once you know, it actually does not include any leprechauns or four-leaf clovers or even green beer. 
St. Patrick was a man on a spiritual journey, and he, he talked about his spiritual journey in a work called The Confession. And in the opening lines, he described himself as a sinner who did not realize who God was. And as you go through the book, he really gets to the point where he's like, look, God is so much more than I thought. Like I can sit on the seat of who God is because God is so much more than I thought. And the cliff notes of the, the book is that when Patrick was 16, he was captured by Irish pirates from Britain. He was taken as a slave to Ireland and he looked after animals as a shepherd. And while in slavery, he tells in his book that he began to offer up 100 prayers a day to the Lord. A few years later, about six years later, Patrick was in his early 20s. And while asleep one evening, God's voice in a dream told Patrick, you're going to be going home soon. And he kind of rubbed his eyes and thought, was that... Was that what I ate last night or is that what, what God's telling me? And then a few days later in another dream, the voice of God came to him and said, your ship is ready. And the Lord gave him a picture, a visual picture of the ship that was gonna take him back to Ireland. Now listen, this boat was 200 miles away. Okay, that's here to Syracuse, New York. And Patrick trusted an omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient God so much that he just started walking, <laughs> just in that direction, down the, down the mountain, up the mountain, over the valley. He just started walking in that direction. And the story goes to say that when he gets to the harbor, the, the ship that is there for him to, to be there is that exact picture that the Holy Spirit had given him. And he gets freed of slavery and, and he escapes and he get, goes back home and he has this amazing story to tell about this incredible, all-knowing, all-present, ever-present, all-powerful God. And when he gets home, God says, listen, you can't stay silent about this. Like They need to know who I am. Like I did this for you, I can do it for them. So St. Patrick becomes a missionary and he tells everyone about the great news of the love of God. And we celebrate St. Patrick's Day on March 17th because it's the supposed day of his death. But he wrote this prayer called St. Patrick's Breastplate. Maybe you've heard it before, but I, when I read it this time, I had this like fresh revelation of an awareness of God's omni attributes. Like Patrick really understood these as he's writing this and as he's, as he's experiencing the love of this all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God. So that's how I'd like to end today. Will you stand? We're just gonna agree. We're gonna pray this together. I'm gonna ask you if you're comfortable, just put your hand over your heart today, kind of like as a symbol of, I wanna get this in my heart. I want this to be the call and the cry of my heart. And just after uh, they read the, uh, the prayer in the video, you can just say yes or amen if you agree with what it's saying. Let's just kind of pray this together. You don't have to repeat the words, but if you just agree in your spirit and your mind out loud, yes, we agree. So let's pray this prayer together today.
As I arise today, may the strength of God pilot me, the power of God uphold me, the wisdom of God guide me. May the eye of God look before me, the ear of God hear me, the word of God speak for me. May the hand of God protect me, the way of God lie before me, the shield of God defend me, the host of God save me. May Christ shield me today, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit, Christ when I stand, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. Amen. 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 Hey, have a terrific Sunday. We'll see you next week as we continue the series. Grab your hope box on the way out the door. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Eerie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.